Hi characters, before we get to the episode, we want to take a moment to address the June 24th, 2022 U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. This decision stripped away the right to have a safe and legal abortion. Everyone should have the freedom to decide what's best for themselves and their families, including when it comes to ending a pregnancy. This decision has dire consequences for individual health and safety and could have harsh repercussions for other landmark decisions. Restricting access to comprehensive reproductive care, including abortion, threatens the health and independence of all Americans. Even if you live in a state where abortion rights are upheld, access to safe medical procedures shouldn't be determined by location, and it shouldn't be the privilege of a small few. Learn more by visiting podvoices.help. If you're able to support others, please consider donating to abortion funds. To find out where to donate for each state, visit donationsforabortion.com. That's donation, the number four, abortion.com. We encourage you to speak up, take care, and spread the word. You can find links for all this information and other ways to help out in the show notes. I'm Quinn. And I'm Alex. And we're A A Couple couple of of Characters. characters. We discuss topics related to creating characters for role-playing games. And today we have our first repeat guest, Connie Chong, the GM and executive producer of Transplaner RPG. How's it going? Hello, hello. Happy to be here. It is going... Well, it's going. It's going. (laughs) But keeping busy doing tabletop things as usual. Glad to be here. Happy to have you. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who might not know who you are, would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and everything you're working on? Yeah, sure thing. So hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Connie. My pronouns are they, he, and she. I am all across the internet at by Connie Chong, B-Y-C-O-N-N-I-E-C-H-A-N-G. I am the game master and creative producer for Transplaner RPG, which is an all-transgender, POC-led, D&D dark fantasy show set in an original, non-colonial, anti-Orientalist world. Uh, I like to describe it as basically the L word, but extremely diverse, meets a uh, literal apocalypse. So if that's interesting to you, we do stream <laughs> Saturdays at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. Uh, as of this recording, we're currently gearing up for Arc 7 uh, in our pre-recording schedule, but we are streaming Arc 6, and this first campaign will wrap up by Arc 8, so we're toward the end, but we do have a massive podcast backlog starting from Arc 1, as well as a recap document online, and I'm so proud of my cast and all the stories we get together to tell uh, and whatnot. Outside of Transplaner RPG, I am also a TTRPG designer. Uh, as of this recording, I am currently developing a uh, original PBTA game that I'm working on called God Killer. Uh, it is a holy punk game for one player, the God Killer, and one GM God. And the Ashcan is currently being written. It's currently in the editing stage right now, which I'm really, really, really excited about. Uh, and it should be released and published by the end of the summer 2022, which, you know, fingers crossed, very excited about. It's been really cool to collaborate with the folks at Magpie Games. Outside of that, I am also a freelance writer in the TTRPG space. I am currently working on some unannounced projects I can't quite talk about (laughs) yet, but definitely keep your eyes peeled on my Twitter for more announcements about them. Um, 
What else? Uh, outside of the TTRPG space, I am a independent contractor, a freelance uh, narrative designer. Right now, I am working with uh, NetEase on an unreleased, unannounced upcoming AAA <laughs> video game title, the narrative designer. So again, when more announcements about those things come out, uh, definitely keep hip to the space. I'm really excited about it. I swear I'm working on really cool things. They're going to be awesome. <laughs> I swear to God, I, fingers <laughs> crossed. They definitely exist. I promise. Um and yeah, that's a quick spiel about me. I'm just all around in the space as a uh, actual play game master and performer. I've, you know, played with some, I've had the honor of GMing and playing with some really cool folks in the space, and I'm just uh, happy to be here. Yeah. Well, you've been keeping busy since you've last been on. <laughs> yeah. I certainly have been, yeah. <laughs> and the uh, transplaner spiel has changed, because I re-listened to episode eight of our podcast, where you were first on. Um, and the spiel has changed slightly. Now it's a dark fantasy, so at some point it takes a turn. <laughs> Not really. It's always been a dark fantasy. Okay, well, at um, some point you I've, started I've saying sharpened dark. the spiel. I let people know up bit. front. Yeah, I've sharpened it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Don't exactly. be surprised. <laughs> no, it's definitely, it definitely... I mean, um, it sounds good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's a, it's a grim, it's, in a lot of ways, it's a grim, dark, mm -hmm. uh, gritty fantasy campaign, uh, and it's sort of our way of reclaiming what it means to discuss apocalypse and horror uh, and really dark themes, but as an all-trans cast that is majority people of color as well. Uh, so that's been a really, really cool journey uh, yeah. to embark upon, because I'm always making art about monsters and villains with a point, so... <laughs> Nice. So I guess my first question for you before we get into character creation at some point, because we are going to make a character this time. I have a question about, um, last time I asked, what is your favorite character that you've played? And I'm curious if it's changed or if you have any updates. Now you've had a couple of years to play some more Ooh. characters. and Yeah, maybe last you wanna... time you brought Hitsakuten. Yeah. Oh, Hitsagaten, oh Sagu, we love her. She is still, she does remain one of the favorite characters I've played so far. And I'm really, she's she's gonna, she's entering a really interesting character arc in arc seven. Uh, so definitely tune in for that. Uh, it's been a literally like a long time coming, two years in the making for this arc. Uh, and I'm really excited for the payoff. Uh, outside of Dr. Luso though, I gotta give it to Kane. I gotta give it to Kane. Uh, they are one of my favorite villains turned allies, turned heroes that I've played as an NPC on Transplaner. Um, they just have a very strong voice and playing them is a lot of fun. Uh, they are this midnight blue tiefling with this like wavy dark blue hair, silver eyes, and these gold rings on their curved elegant horns and their long tail. Uh, they are a dancer, a magical... Bard of sorts, they wear these like draping loose robes that always tastefully show off their top surgery <laughs> scars. Uh, they're really into beauty and poetry and dance. And their character intro into the campaign, this is spoilers for arc three of Transplaner, uh, is to... So for that arc, I was building up these like top competitors uh, for a event known as the championship, uh, which is basically like an all out tournament between various characters to claim a title so they can rule a nation for uh, five years. Okay. Uh, and Kane and this other character, Jing, had been set up as like huge rivals, like the top contenders, like the favorites to win the championship. Uh, and my character intro for Kane was to have them kill off Jing in a single blow in front of the PCs. <laughs> and that definitely left an impression. Uh, and they are my favorite um, evil little sexy murder bard <laughs> that I love very much. 
Well, thanks for sharing. Sexy that's... murder bard, love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a very fun character, and I hope people check out Transplaner so that they can, you know, now that they know what's going to happen, they'll be less surprised. But I'm sure it's still very enjoyable. Yes, <laughs> I'm sure there's lots of twists and turns. Yes, twists galore, twists galore. Okay, well, I have one more quick question before we we make this character. Like, what has been your favorite RPG moment in a game that you've played in? And if just just one of them, it doesn't Ooh. have to be your most favorite, just one of your favorite moments. Or like, if you can't narrow oh, it down, maybe true. two quick ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a hard question. Mostly because I almost never play. <laughs> I'm always ever GMing, so I'm trying to think of the last time I played. It could be it could be GMing too. If there's like a moment in a game you mm. GM that you're like, oh, I loved when this everything came together with this character or or this like thing. the the players made a really cool mm. move that you didn't expect that like was really fun and changed the game or something. Mm. Okay, well I'm. Ugh. I can't I can't say some of these things because they are spoilers for episodes that have not been released yet. Okay. So I'll just talk about what has already happened in Transplaner because that's always my go-to campaign. Spoilers. Um, Their favorite things are yet to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But you know what? I'll, 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 a lot of cool things have happened in, in episodes that have already come out. So I'll use those. Um, in arc four of Transplaner, one of my favorite moments that I've... So I'll do a GM one and a player one. Okay. So my favorite GM moment that I've done in Transplaner in a, in a hot minute, this is one of my favorites, was in Arc 4, uh, which is essentially a murder mystery. Uh, so this, spoilers for Arc 4 of Transplaner RPG, I discussed who the killer of the murder mystery is. <laughs> so tune out if you don't want to be spoiled for that. Um, but basically, the premise is that there's a character who who knows they're going to die. Uh, that's the twist on the murder mystery. Um, the character is a psychic. They have precognition. Mm. So they know they're going to be killed, uh, but they don't know who the identity, what the identity of their killer is. And the players through the course of Arc 4, it's sort of like a political intrigue. They've embedded themselves in this royal court and they're like interviewing, but like trying to be like down low about it. Like all the potential killers, people who might have a motive and a means um, to killing this person who also happens to be, this victim would have been uh, the emperor of too long of this kingdom, who is also the mother-father of one of the PCs, which makes it complicated. Mm. Uh, and the emperor um, traditionally has a lot of consorts, like various spouses. Uh, so our PCs through the course of Arc 4 interview and talk to and mingle with and investigate each of the different eight spouses uh, to try to like winnow down the choices, right? Um, but of course, there are red herrings galore. There's like twists and turns. We think one person's the killer, etc. And I'm really proud of the moment where I revealed who the actual killer was. And it doesn't happen until like the grand finale mm -hmm. of the arc, which is of course during a royal wedding, which is of course also an arranged marriage uh, that the PC who is the child of the emperor uh, used to be betrothed to one of the people getting married, but that didn't work out. So there's a lot of like high tension feelings and dramatics and like queer theatrics flying around. And then I reveal I reveal the killer um, and that was such a gratifying moment because it was like both out of the left field but also there all along which I feel like is like the best way to reveal yeah. a twist for something like a murder mystery and like my players were like what the hell it was them oh my god I knew they were too friendly we're like I knew it I knew it but like I'd set up a different person to be the fall guys and they were like spending all their time on the red herring um, so that was one of my proudest GMing moments especially because the player uh, who is the child of the emperor uh, is also my dramaturg. Uh, and I was like, 
who is C, who's also my co-producer, who plays mm-hmm. Okahian. And my dramaturg usually conspires with me about like themes and plot ideas to throw at the players. Um, th- I wouldn't say they know more about the campaign or the plot or they get spoiled th- in a way that other players don't, but they do help me brainstorm ideas and they're, you know, they're my lore keeper. So I was very careful during this arc. I told them, see, you just have to trust me. I can't tell you what I have planned, <laughs> but you have to trust me. It's really good. Yeah, I, I was promise. like, you got, you got to trust. You got to trust the process, C. <laughs> and it's so funny because during arc four, they were like, Connie, you've done weird things in the past where you've like done a twist that wasn't set up at all. Like, I think the killer should be this. Do you think the killer should be this? And I was like, see, I can't tell you. You just have to stop and trust me. And they were like, okay. But they they were very, um, very satisfied with the outcome of the twist, especially because it was their character's sort of like miniature character arc as well. Awesome. Uh, so I feel like I did a good job um, honoring that uh, their character and really making... Um, the setting feel alive and the twist feel really organic and spontaneous and fun. So I think I actually did a pretty good job of avoiding spoilers uh, in that because I didn't don't actually name the person. You didn't. Um, you didn't yeah. reveal like I think you, yeah, you were like this is like generally what's going on, but you. By the time they get to arc four, they'll forget <laughs> er- anything that might have been a spoiler. Oh yes, you know. So yes, they, they'll forget everything. I think yes. it's great. Yes. Yes. So that is my favorite GMing moment um, that I can remember that's already happened. Mm-hmm. In terms of my favorite player moments, so many. My players surprise me every day. They're always so... Um... Okay, so I'll, I'll bring one of my players for arc, um, arc 5 onward. Uh, we brought on four new players mm-hmm. after arc f- uh, 4 ended uh, to sort of help round out the cast. Um and one of them is Quinn. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at Quintastic underscore. Not, not uh, me. A different Different one. Quinn. Different <laughs> Quinn. Yes. This is like a, this yeah. is a different, different Quinn that I'm, I'm bringing up. Um, Quintastic underscore with three N's. And they play a changeling cleric called Sitlali. And up until that point, I had only GM'd a blood hunter, a fighter, an artificer, and a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, which is a good mix of like martial and magic, I would say. But the sorcerer specifically only picks damage spells, and like that's sort of how she works. She's just sort of like, yeah, I'm gonna fireball. You know, like classic sorcerer yeah. fireball, whatever, right? Uh, which I love. We everyone loves V. I love Erica as well. Yeah, uh, the player. And you know, the artificer character is like kind of a coward, right? Like that's his whole thing. <laughs> like he's kind of like a bad dad and a coward. That's his flaw, right? No, so Dewey. he runs away from conflict <laughs> a lot instead of doing exactly <laughs> instead of grappling with them. And Oka Hien is the blood hunter who's you know I think very investigative and really on top of it but also like a grumpy you know scorned <laughs> prince awesome mark you know has their own shit going on so when i first started playing with quinn they played a cleric and i did not know that legend lore was a spell that mm. my players could use against me and they were like i want to legend lore this person in this specific moment and i was like whole like i I was not prepared. I was not prepared to <laughs> GM a cleric, and it was a lot of fun. Like, they, they threw me for a loop, and I, like, came up with some, like, really, you know, they gave me the gift of getting to come up with some really cool lore on the spot. And they'll do things that are constantly, like, throwing me off, right? They'll be like, I I can acquire true sight now, and I want to look at this NPC I've been suspicious of for a long time. What do I see? And I'll be like, oh, okay. And I'll, like, describe it, right? Um, so they have a knack for throwing wrenches in my plans in a really fun way. Nice. Uh, so I think the legend lore moment was definitely one that sort yeah. of made me pause and like recalibrate going forward, um, coming from a player. I love it when players use their mechanics in ways that aren't just strictly D&D. Uh, like when they take something on their character sheet and they ask me, what cooler thing can you do with this? Because that mm-hmm. gives me the opportunity to just sort of like expand off yeah. of their impulse. Awesome. 
All right, do we want to make a character finally? What you've kind of a question is that? Let's do years, it. Connie. I'm sure that you've been waiting with beta breath. I know. Yeah. It's been <laughs> two years. So you said you want to try their homebrew ancestry. Yeah. Awesome. Do you want to pick their traits from the master list or do you want to randomly generate them, Ooh. see what you get? Ooh, you know what? Let's do, let's pick them. Okay. Let's pick them. Sounds good. And I'm sure that more stuff has been released, but we just haven't updated our list. No, it's updated. I keep it up to date. Oh, you keep it up to date. My (laughs) list is not up to date. (laughs) Our ancestry traits are up to date, Connie. No worries. (laughs) Great. Perfect. So if there's one that they've changed or whatever, Alex knows knows what's up, and I don't. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, I'm looking this document over. It's so cool. Um, yeah, let's oh, build yeah, a. That um, might not be. That's what I'm saying. Updated. My document is not oh, okay, up to date. Okay, got it. Yeah, that might be missing like owling features and that kind of thing, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah, I don't have the strict mm. save in or anything. Actually, I don't have anything after Wild Beyond the Witchlight. That's okay. the last that I have in there. That's most of it. It is most of That's it. That's all good. That's all good. Um, let's do this. How do we how do we like to do this? How do we like to begin? We normally just roll randomly. So you yeah. tell us what Yeah, you what tell you us what pick. you want to do like and if you want Do you, do you want to like pick a class or yeah. that first or do, and like yeah. try to max it and pick some features that go well with that or we could just pick features and go from there? Yeah, it's it's whatever floats your boat. Mm. You know what actually? Um let's if we're going to pick that sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, let's pick features and then make a character from the features. Okay. okay. Uh, so let's actually do like a random, randomly generated thing. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Okay. okay. Alex is going to pull up his thing. I'm ready. I I write programs for a living, so. So he, he made a program to do it. Yeah. Why not <gasps> write a program that's more fun? Okay. We got Amphibious from Triton. Ooh. Amphibious. Okay. Uh, the blessing of the Raven Queen from the Shader Kai, or however you say that, that type of elf. <gasps> blessing of the Raven Queen. Very cool. Bite from Lizard Folk. So they have some, some Lizard Folk esque jaws. Oh, and they can look like however you want if you want them to have like a completely different body type. Mm-hmm. And or you can combine stuff, and- whatever you want. Hunter's Instincts from Leonin. So I think that one is the... We get to pick two skills from a subset. I believe that is correct. Ooh. Very cool. Okay. So we've got a bite attack. <laughs> uh, we've got a blessing. We get to teleport. That's cool. Blessing of the Raven Queen. Um, we're amphibious. And what was the fourth one? Um, the Hunter's Leonin, Hunter's Instinct. Hunter's Instinct or... Ooh. Instinct. Okay. I'm immediately thinking druid um based on these traits or we could also pl- i also kind of want to play against type let me write this down um yeah, i gotta play i gotta against make type. notes here we only have ancestry features <laughs> they're saying they want to do the I unexpected mean, yeah yeah exactly uh blessings i'm gonna say lizard folk bite let's see blessing of the raven queen that is a teleportation spell Hunters, Instincts, and Amphibious. Fun. Okay, I feel like this could be a really cool blood hunter. Uh, Druid is almost a little too obvious. We've never made one, but we are open to trying it. Because, yeah, we've never done a blood hunter, so that would be fun. Okay, screw it. Let's do a blood hunter. Um, Yeah, let's make a little 
little blood hunter. Um, what level would you race like wise? Hmm, that is a good question. I'm thinking this character definitely is going to be an Endokin character. Oh, it's the teleporting one. That's the Raven Queen thing. Yep. Um, yep. That's what nice. said. Oh, I was definitely listening then. <laughs> <laughs> let's see. Um, let's say, hmm, I don't want to overload this too much. So let's say seventh level. So they get that nice other Blood Hunter order feature okay. and a Crimson Rite improvement. Yeah. Seventh level. And if they're in Endake, Blood Hunter yeah. with all yeah, these they can things. Be... They're definitely like a, yeah, like a monster hunter. I think maybe, um, <laughs> Oh, uh, they could have been, let's see. So there's a uh, monster hunting group in The Second Stranger in Transplaner called the Hounds of Mercy that several PCs used to be slash are a part of. Okay. I'm thinking this is the leader of a rival monster hunting faction, okay. different monster hunting group. Um, and I mean hunting like in a really um, roundabout sense. They more so go somewhere where a monster is sort of wreaking havoc and they rehome the monster. Okay. Uh, both for like humanitarian reasons and also to make more money down the line mm -hmm. <laughs> if that monster goes on to make uh, trouble for other people. Makes sense. Gold. You know, it's an investment. Yeah. Uh, so I'm thinking they're a level seven blood hunter. Or maybe like okay. resources, you know, like maybe there's a giant spider, but you can collect the silk that it, like from the webbing and. You know, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and monsters are just, you know, they're misunderstood. They're misunderstood. Yeah, they're sweet sure. little babies who are misunderstood. Um, beautiful. In terms of a base race, just for, like, aesthetic reasons, I'm, yeah. like, thinking of, like, who I want this character, what I want this character to look like. I guess I'll yeah, figure that out. Yeah, they can look out. like whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Um, I will decide that last. I will decide their look and their name last. Because Sounds good. Oh, and you also can pick their gender identity. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. Oh, they're definitely going to be a massive, sexy, they, she, butch lesbian. Like, no doubt about that. <laughs> I just have to okay, pick my flavor it. of, of I'm going to write that down. Lesbian. Yeah, exactly. Sexy, butch lesbian. Yes. They, she. Hundo P. Perfect. All right. I'm also going to just boot up D&D Beyond here just so I can reference the traits more easily. Sounds good. Oh yeah, this is the biggest problem with the ancestry traits is apparently it's very difficult to D&D beyond a character like this. Because we, we Oh yeah, if you don't have DM, all the books. <laughs> we convince our DM to like mm -hmm. do this for our campaign that we started. And one of our players uses D&D beyond and he was like, I figured out how to do it, but it took a while and it was hard. <laughs> So, but he made the character sheet on DNA Beyond so that he had the four ancestry traits he picked, and it was pretty cool. Mm. But yeah, that is the biggest issue with the, this new like style of doing. Definitely, it. I'm sure it'll be a little well now because even with the new thing that they're like that they released, like it isn't even as it's not quite the same. Yeah, it's not as open as ours, but. Because yeah, our mm. idea for, I guess, for Connie and for the listeners that might not know, is that we think, you know, people, the races have all mixed in the past and that everyone is blended. And so each person just has like certain ancestry traits that kind of pop out in their, you know, bodies and whatever they have done. Sometimes they're like more training wise and we're like, well, we just tie that into the backstory. But like, you know, this person was born with like, you know, larger jaws that they've learned to use to bite and they're amphibious, you know, 
But they could be a human, or they could be a halfling, or they could be Eric Coker for all we care. Like, they just can't fly. Oh, totally. <laughs> you know? So we, we like this idea better because it encourages the idea that, like, you know, races have mixed. It's not just an elf as an elf, and they have these features, you know? And also, not every person will have the same features because, like, in the normal rules that they're trying to change and they're slowly working their way towards something like this. You know, like, every elf gets plus two decks. Well, it's like, well, what if you want a clumsy elf? You know, so. That was that was kind of the inspiration behind why we tried to make this sort of thing, to try to make it more open-ended and really diversify the world. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, and this approach is very similar to how I handle character generation for Andake in The Second Stranger. Um, yes. Basically, there's like no bioessentialism at all. We don't even have like a lore thing about necessarily the races like mixing in the past. It's just sort of like it's always been all races. You know, like your race is really just literally above the table, like just an aesthetic preference, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, oh, I think playing a half elf would be sexy. I think playing a look someone who looks like a dwarf could be cool, right? But like, yeah. it doesn't prescribe what you do. It doesn't prescribe your culture. It doesn't right. prescribe a history upon you, a language, a worldview, a philosophy, anything like that. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, and that's that's been very important for us too. So I'm really really happy that this is the approach to building a character here because I feel like it's just a lot more interesting too. It's a lot more fun. Opens up more possibilities. We have made some very like off the wall things, and like we've talked about like oh you know people probably wouldn't pick this because a lot of people were like I want to min max and I want to make the best character. Yeah, our last character that we made had stone cunning, which is like you know the most meh ability that yeah. dwarves get but we're like well they studied stonework and now they you know they know they have bonuses to like history checks about stonework or whatever whatever that feature does mm. but it was like no that's fine and we use that as a way to kind of like <laughs> for them to be like oh because they they accidentally got transported to a completely different area and they're like oh i do not know anything about this area and that was, like, one thing that clued them in was... By area, Quinn means, like, multiverse. Yes, I do mean multiverse. <laughs> Not, like, a different plane. It's, like, a different set of planes. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But, yeah. Anyway, so... It, but it also led us to a uh, dragonborn with a, like, turtle shell, <laughs> which was one of my favorites because we called him Blake Dragonbortles. And I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You can make all sorts of wacky, interesting, cool characters yeah. this way. Yeah. So let's see. Um, hmm. Level 7 Bloodhunter. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at Bloodhunter myself because I'm not, like I said, we don't really, we haven't made them before, but I'm fine with it. And I haven't really, I've read it before, but not recently. So I'm just going to reread it for myself. Yeah. Bloodhunter is really interesting. It's a int-based kind of mixed martial class. Um, and I know, I know in the community, a lot of people have like their, their opinions about this mm -hmm. class and in terms of its balance and its power and its flavor, but I think it's a lot of fun. I've been GMing a blood hunter literally since like level three, we started the campaign at, and now they're like level 17 and it's been a blast. You know, the way I homebrewed my own order, um, mm -hmm. for my partner based off of what, you know, um, Matt Mercer made and it's been it's been a total blast um just leading into like the witcher you know it's like a witcher right like a, the witcher aspect of it yeah. become a monster to hunt yep. monsters that's what's fun about it uh so and they I'm like thinking... take their own like 
like life force kind of to like do yeah, things right that's the idea yeah you have to yeah yeah you take damage to do damage yeah um which is cool they're very very conducive for edgy characters it's a very farika if you know anything about like the theros magic the gathering system farika is like the god of affliction that's her whole thing it's like take power to get power you know or take life mm, take mm-hmm. pain to like get powers that kind of thing totally very uh every, every black in magic the gathering yeah everything comes at a cost so that is yeah but they're also really intelligent yeah Yeah. and really smart so i'd say like a black blue uh color scheme would be really great for blood hunters as a class um i'm i mean red for blood (laughs) but that's you know yeah 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 that's its own thing um let's see I'm thinking I want to roll my stats first before Sounds I figure good. Roll some other stats. Oh, rolling is always fun. Let's use my let's use my physical dice here. My first set is going to be five, four, five, six. <laughs> nice. Sixteen. Okay. Five, five, six. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then three, three, four, two. Ten. Yes. Sixteen. Ten. Two. One. Oof. <laughs> Five, four, two, five, four. Eleven. Just write these down. Okay. Three, three, five, four. Twelve. All right, all right. One, <laughs> four, six, five. Nice. Fifteen. It's not bad. My last one. Five, two, one. Oof, one. Eight. Okay. It's a pretty All solid right. mix there. It's a, it's a good mix. It's a good mix. Uh, let's see. Do I want to be strength or dex based as a blood hunter? I want to be strength based. Mostly because the blood hunter in my campaign is dex based. Um, so I want to swing something something big and heavy around. So I'm going to definitely. I like that. I like that at, plan. That's how, that's how I like to play. All right. So yeah. 16 or 15 in strength. 16 in strength. And let's bump that up by two at character creation. So make it an 18. Okay. Nice gonna be an 18 strength to start um and let's see i want my int to be the next highest so okay, a 15. So 15 and then are you plus wanting that yes definitely okay sweet what's their dump stat <sighs> i'm thinking probably I'm thinking not charisma. Con. <laughs> yeah definitely not con um <laughs> i'm thinking the eight can be I like playing characters that like say and do stuff and I want them to be scary is the thing. The only charisma skill I think, I mean, aside from magic, like saves, I guess, um, that would apply to them would be intimidation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, or they could be really clumsy. But you but could that's... also make an argument that because they're so big and powerful and they also have a bite, like they've got like, I don't know how big their jaw is, whatever, that maybe... Mm-hmm. You can be like, can I do a strength-based intimidation? Yeah, yeah. It would depend on my GM, but I would definitely try to pull that. We would let you do that. (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) great. Okay, then I'll dump charisma. I think that's a really underutilized like thing that D and D five E lets you do because it's like kind of a throwaway sentence in the PHB of like, oh yeah, and sometimes you can ask the DM to switch the stat. (laughs) But it is Mm. a thing that they say you can do. So for sure, definitely if you like. Like picture, you know, in cartoons or whatever, when you see the guy, the big oaf, like pick up a metal bar and bend it. That's a strength-based intimidation check if I've ever seen one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if they can do that to metal, what can they do to my body? Exactly. 
Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, you've convinced me. Eight and charisma. Um, <laughs> yes. Let's give that twelve, that plus one, um, in con just for some HP to start. Sounds good. And the eleven. I think they're kind of cl- they're like not clumsy, but they they are definitely just stout and strong. So a ten in dex, I think. Okay. Um, that's a ten dex plus zero and a 11 which i might bump up during the next asi mm-hmm. in wisdom nice all right sounds great yes okay i think i have a better handle on who this person is yeah um let's see all right what do we get to start languages also i'm just gonna um, quickly we- describe basically so i read the blood hunter quickly while you're rolling stats and that kind of idea is exactly what Connie said, where it is a kind of the Witcher, where you are basically you're giving yourself over to hunting monsters, and that's kind of the idea. And you are balancing the line between not becoming a monster yourself while you do it. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Yeah, it's it's super, super fun. Uh, I guess I'll decide proficiencies next. Let's do hit points after that. Okay. Um. So... Skills. Ooh, yes, my skills, my proficient skills. I do have hunter's instincts, so I I have proficiency in either athletics, intimidation, perception, or survival from that. But I'll choose three from the class-based proficiencies. Also, what background do you want to do? And you can also, if you just want to like make up a custom thing, that's fine too. Ooh. Yeah, we should probably put the background. Let's see. Yeah, because that'll skills from that. Yeah. Yeah. So we um, think that this so, person is yeah. a rival, um, or the leader of the rival, like hunting. What do you call it? A hunting. Yes, party? they're the leader of a rival monster hunting group. Monster hunting. Um, group. They're rivals to the Hounds of Mercy. Are they like a the mercenary of kind of? Yes, definitely. Okay. They're a uh, sellsword. Uh, so it's they have like a ragtag group a of play I think. Play on dogs of war because it a hundred percent okay hundred percent i'm glad i yeah, got and the, the leader <laughs> yeah hounds of mercy is the uh name of like a canon monster hunting group in the second stranger um their leader is a woman called mercy okay. uh, and they are her hounds. yes <laughs> yes very good uh she's she's a really fun uh character she's one of my favorite characters that i've also played as well um we had a mini series with her that we used to onboard uh, some of our new players okay um, new main campaign cast members onto the main campaign with um the mini series was called uh the hounds of mercy versus mercy seven evil exes um and olive and <laughs> yes, kind of a yes, play on yes, scott pilgrim yes. yeah because she yeah. has seven evil exes who are all horrifying and terrible what from her perspective, anyway, because she's kind of toxic, too. Uh, so it was a lot of fun to play Mercy in that uh, yeah. miniseries. Amazing. Yes. So I think this person is a rival, maybe even a secret eighth ex. We'll see. Ooh. Um, Ooh. Let's see. Scandalous. I was just going to say scandalous myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Are they are they a, like a soldier background, then? Um, and Dake has been in an era of peace for like 400 some years. Okay, okay. so, so no. that doesn't really make sense. We could reflave that to just be mercenary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or there's a mercenary veteran could... background. What's that There from? is. There is a veteran background. It's um, from Skag, Sword Coast Adventures Guide. There's also we could Atlanta, go with that. Which is good I'm for like, thinking you know, of... wandering around the wilderness. This is true. They were, they probably are wandering around in wilderness if they're finding monsters. I almost want to go with Noble. <laughs> you can noble? go with Noble. Noble's yeah, always, always noble. a good yep. fallback. That's a fun one. All right. 
They're yeah. noble. Perfect. Love it. I'm thinking they were a, uh, hmm. Did they? Ooh, it could be really interesting if they are a distant. So in one of the nations in Endake, mm-hmm. it's known as the Republic of Talmud, that about 400 years ago used to be a monarchy. Um, but then there was a people's revolt, essentially, and it is now a represent, like, it's a republic. It's mm-hmm. a people's republic. Uh, so I'm thinking they are, like, a direct descendant of the, the last monarch of Talmud. And yeah, yeah, but I'm not sure if, like, and maybe they, like, grew up, if if we could, like, homebrew noble to be, like, outcast noble, you know, like, yeah, on the yeah. rock, oh, kind I of think like a noble family. We could make them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're in disarray. yeah. I think so. I a think once so. great house. Exactly. That has fallen. That has fallen. I think they definitely um, would still have history. It's just maybe a yes. slightly skewed history that their family has taught them of like, <laughs> how great they are. 100%. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, and like how they, all history is, though? True. Think about it. <laughs> 100%. Um, and, you know, they would also have been like, I, I figure some servants went with the family, too. And yeah. like, you know like tutors to teach them they probably still have some money from the fall like that they like took in coin and treasure and loot um so they you know i think they grew up in exile but it was a comfortable exile okay. so someone had to take say, the jewels when they were fleeing the castle. exactly exactly <laughs> the servants had to carry family? them yeah <laughs> so let's say they have proficiency in history and the other one is persuasion but i think that makes less sense yeah you can change it if you want we don't care I think intimidation could maybe even fit here if like could come they're here. Used to yeah, trying actually. to defend their like family name and like slash know, like of... they use it to get what they want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they kind of grew up a little bit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> when, when persuasion um, and those kinds of things didn't work, they went the other route. <laughs> yeah, I used force. exactly, exactly. Yes, definitely. So let's so they're see. Used to getting what they want. And mm-hmm. uh, by force, if they must. Definitely. We're not making a very I am... bubbly, happy character, but that's fine. No, oh, no, no, definitely not. <laughs> um, I would say in terms of used to getting what they want from force, because it was a family in exile, they were told all these lofty stories of like how great their family used yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but they know that like they are there's like a scarlet mark on mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. right? Like they know that like they have fallen. They're not like deluded about that. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why they left to become a monster hunter. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not gonna get that glory back. So Seeking I'm gonna make power my own okay. on the world. So we won't yeah. get it that way, but I will Seek, bring yeah. glory and redemption to my family with my heroic deeds. Maybe. I think it's less about glory and redemption and more so about like I'm sick of living in this past. Like I am sick of reminiscing about the good old days that I've never had access to. Like they didn't grow up in opulence. Their family is several generations removed from Mm -hmm. the fall of the monarchy. So they're like, fuck, like screw this. I don't want to just live like a petty criminal or whatever the hell for the rest of my life. I want to make my own mark on the world. Right. I want to, you know, and like they're doing that by being, I think a, a monster hunter because I think their personality is very like, you know, I've been taught that I my family is a bunch of monsters, so why not embrace that and yeah. use that to help the world in some way, shape, or and form? And maybe even by this point, if this was 400 years ago that their family fl- fell, the the funds are starting to dwindle. So the parents are kind of yeah. encouraging, like, you should go out in the world and, you know, find your own way. <laughs> not like, I'm yeah, not forcing I, you out, but definitely. also... Get a job, Derek. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think I think their family uh, and their ancestors definitely um, wasted that money. They probably gambled it away, um, <laughs> yeah. or they have debts to the people that helped them get out of the city during mm, the fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, they're definitely criminal in some way. They're definitely like connected in some sort of criminal underground, and they owe okay. a lot of powerful and dangerous people a lot of things. So they're sort of like you know they grew up like kind of like a you know uh, it's like Peaky Blinders a little bit. You know, like they yeah. grew up in this family that you know and. Their history is they so, used to be monarchs, but not anymore. Typically, the noble feature is, like, you can get an audience with other nobility. I don't think that one fits either. Maybe we want to no. sub in, like, the criminal contact thing from criminal. Definitely. Yeah, let's sub in yeah. the criminal contact. That makes a lot more sense. Because they're like, I know who to ask. Like, my parents have connections. My family has connections. I can figure out who to find in the city if we need something a little shady done yeah yes definitely then in that case their skill proficiencies from their background are history and intimidation i want to take perception from hunter's instincts because i don't have that um under blood hunter as a choice and that's always a helpful one to have that is a great skill i'm always surprised when i don't take that and my character i'm like oh they're not good at perception <laughs> like what's your past perception oh mm-hmm. it's it's only a 12 so yeah. i probably i don't yeah. notice it <laughs> yeah my character is a my current in the campaign that we play every monday night my character has a 12 wisdom and no perception skill and i'm like i'm always surprised that <laughs> she is worse at it than i think she that she should be <laughs> yeah it was that's another reason why it was kind of like really um refreshing to play with uh Sitlali, the cleric, because yeah. they have like a like a twenty two passive perception or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was new. That was new. That was fun. Um, Keeping their head on a swivel. So s- exactly. Um, I'm gonna pick athletics. Okay. Insight. Uh, let's see. One more. Hmm, I think I want to an arcana. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, for the other remaining skills. Okay. Makes sense. They're proficient in. Yes. Um, I'll get to equipment in a sec. Yeah. For their weapon, though, yeah, I'm actually going to jump forward and think about their fighting style first. Okay, yeah. Um, Sounds good. I mean, I'm such a sucker for great weapon fighting. There's no way I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they, they're a great, yeah, 100% great weapon fighting. Um, Let's write that down. I think in terms of a martial weapon, I just like greatsword because of the damage die is 2d6. Yeah, um, so good. Yeah. Hard, Maul, to beat, hard to beat. Maul is the other yeah. one that's also 2d6, so that mm-hmm. was... <laughs> I think a Maul, because I think a Maul is less common than a greatsword, just mm-hmm. in terms of aesthetic. So I think like a massive freaking hammer uh, yeah. that she just wields that's like strapped to her back. Oh, and yeah. it's definitely got like cool spikes on it and oh, stuff like that. Oh, it's covered um, in spikes. <laughs> I think it's like a maybe... I'm torn between an ancestral mall that an ancestor used to own and is like the like the last remaining like piece of treasure that her family mm. still has that she refuses to let her family like <laughs> gamble off, uh, or a token, a trophy from a foe, one of the first people she beat uh, when she left home. I'm torn. Both great options. One. You could roll a I die, know, right? and if you're sad, choose the other one. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I'll do that. Uh, odds is a foe, evens is family. Even his family, I feel good about that. Okay. Um, I think they've made the mall their own by they write they like carve in the name of every person they bested. 
Okay. I think they're running out of the room. mall. Yeah. They are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they, I had to add um, these spikes so that I could put more names. <laughs> yeah. Put Each more spike names is on another exactly. foe I found. <laughs> exactly, exactly. 100%. Into that. Give me that sweet, sweet 2d6. Um, And the great weapon fighting. Rerolling ones and twos. Perfect. Um, Starting at first level, Hunter's Bane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hemocraft magic. Okay. Um, yep, you get blood magic. Level one. Yeah, blood magic. <laughs> yep. And then blood maledict for blood curses. Um, that's fine. I get to do it once. I get it twice at six levels. So yeah. technically by the time I level this character up to seven, yeah. they'll, they'll get it twice. Um, let's see. Fighting style. We've done that. Crimson right. Ooh, I get to pick a right. Let's see. It's bonus action to do some cool stuff. Choose. I this technically know two. the one where you get like a damage type. Basically. Yeah, basically you can like make the flame you can make the mall like burst into flames, you know, uh, as a bonus action. Right. Um or like make it super cold or whatever. I feel like a lot of things are resistant to fire damage um and some to cold. And it's just so cool for it to be lightning. You know, Hammer of Thor and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pick right of the That's storm. True. Yeah. Yeah, yep. makes sense. Yes, because they're from Tomad, I think they would worship Yudabathi, who is the three-headed god of mountains and war, and one of the heads of Yudabathi embodies the aspect of a lightning. Okay. So that also makes sense to me. I think they're religious. I think they are. I think they do worship Yudabathi, especially Yudabathi's first paragon, um, Bazul Thizmoon, who was, in Endake, technically the first blood hunter to have ever walked the earth. Uh, so I think they also draw upon Bazul's teachings. Okay. Who venerated Udabathi. Yeah, that makes so, a lot of sense. That makes sense to me. Yes. Oh, what was the first one that you chose? First one. Right Skill? of the Storm? Because you get a second one at seventh level. You do. Uh, so the first one I'm going to choose is going to be Lightning. Oh, the first one was the Storm? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And the second one I will pick Flame. Okay. Yeah, Flame makes more sense than Cold. Sweet. Okay. I don't know. The, like, Hailstorms is a thing, so just saying. <laughs> Hailstorms are a thing. That's true. But I feel like a lightning, a fire vortex with lightning shooting through it is also very appealing to me. Yeah. Yeah. True. All right. What what order are they? That is the question. Ugh. Subclass, subclass, subclass. Let's see. The tech, the canon orders we've got are Ghost Slayer, Lycan, Mutant, and Profane Soul. Profane Soul is basically just um Warlock. Uh <laughs> That's yeah, it's yeah. it's I'm pretty that's basically just warlock. Um mutant is interesting. That's like alchemical experiments and you mm. get like I think like alchemies or concoctions. It's like a little bit of like a Yeah, that's the one I've actually artificer read. spin on it. It's like And that one, yeah, you like make yourself little vials that yeah, you Yeah, like drink modifies that your will body. Give you a mm. boost and a hindrance basically. Okay. Like your AC goes yeah, up, but yeah. you're slow, or you're, you have advantage on dick saves, but disadvantage on strength saves, like that kind of thing. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very Witcher, like in terms of the, yeah. um, I forget what they're called, but they drink the things. Um, and then there's Lycan, which is you're basically a werewolf, uh, and Ghost Slayer, which is like the most, I think like basic uh, ones. It's just sort of like, oh, you just, you hunt ghosts. So like you're, you, this is the particular thing that you. Okay. Okay hunt yeah uh, undead things you like hunt undead things so part of the reason why i homebrewed a subclass in order for 
see is because we were looking at this and they were just sort of like, I don't feel like any of these are exactly what I'm looking for. I kind of want an order where like, I'm kind of like a bloodbender. Like I, like I lean into the blood hunting part of Mm -hmm. blood hunting. Like I can like smell my foe's blood and I lean into that. So I homebrewed an order called the order of the bonded blood, which basically like really leans into the ability to tell who your foe is and what they can do based on like the exact Mm. quality of their blood. And I kind of want to use my homebrew subclass for this. Do it. (laughs) Yeah. I will pull, pull it up and consult it here. Our literally our last episode was my homebrew, um, rogue subclass. And like slightly before that was my homebrew monk subclass. You know, we're fine with this. (laughs) I like the homebrew. Oh yeah. See, I actually think the most updated one, Order of the Hemomancer. Yeah, that's what I call it. Hemomancer. Oh, there it is. There we go. Yeah. So you, I basically gained spells here, right? So the little blurb I've written out is Hemomancers, you're like a blood mage, basically. Mm -hmm. Hemomancers are strange practitioners of Tulongan necromancy. As dangerous and misunderstood death mages, Hemomancers seek to master one aspect of the divine triptych the body, through their complete control over blood. After all, blood is what binds the body, just like how thought binds the mind and tea binds the soul. Hemomancers strive to command not just their own blood, but the blood of others, creatures both alive and undead. You basically get spellcasting and slots um, okay. up to certain levels. Cool. Similar to, like, pallies. Yeah. Um, so the third level is spellcasting. You get the ability to cast spells, the save DCs, the attack modifiers, etc. Um, and... Something at third level that I, a feature I've called thirsting spells, where at third level you learn to feed your magic with your life force, kind of like sorcerers a little bit um, in terms of metamagic, Mm -hmm. but instead of regaining spell slots, as a bonus action, you can lose a number of hit points equal to the hit point cost column of the thirsting spells table to regain a single, oh, it is about spell slots, never mind, but it's about losing hit points instead of um, using sorcery points. He spends life force to gain spell slots. For power, yeah. yeah. Yes, so that's the kind of like boring mechanical uh, bit I homebrewed. Yeah. Uh, and the slightly more interesting bit at seventh level, which is why I wanted to create a seventh level blood hunter, is called Sanguine Palette, uh, where at seventh level, you know when something's wrong with someone's blood. When you taste the blood of someone afflicted by a disease, curse, spell, or magical effect, you always know when the affliction began, how long it will persist, and the general scope of its effect. You also have advantage on all intelligence checks made to figure out how to cure it. Mm. But because that's kind of um, contextual, I've also added, moreover, when you taste freshly spilled blood, you can make an arcana intelligence check. On a success, you receive a vivid and clear vision of the circumstances surrounding the blood spillage. On a failure, you receive jumbled and confusing visions and take psychic damage equal to one roll of your hemocraft die. Either way, you can lose hit points equal to one roll of your hemocraft die to ask your GM a single follow-up question that they must answer honestly. So that little bit so, of game design um, was sort of taken from my uh, experience as a PBTA designer, um, okay. where even failures nudge the narrative forward in some way. Yeah. yeah. So you're basically you're a blood splatter expert, <laughs> but without having to look at the yeah blood, blood splatter, splatter analysis, yeah. <laughs> you got to taste it. Yeah, yeah. You have to taste it. You have to put your tongue on it. You got to yeah. do something freaky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, yeah, like the other part too, where you can like figure out if people are cursed or diseased or whatever, poisoned. Mm-hmm. That's really cool too. That's a very cool. Mm-hmm. Also, the word sanguine is just like the best word related to blood 
and oh it's so good yeah. it is <laughs> it's so good yeah sanguine palette the 11th level feature is called grizzly accretion Ooh. uh but it's not very relevant right now because they're only seventh level yeah <laughs> and then at 15th level it's it's bloodbending you straight up just get bloodbending um and the capstone ability for the subclass is hemomancy mastery we don't have to go that far deep do you have this that our listeners could like look at somewhere i do actually i do have this pdf up i need to put it on our patreon okay <laughs> actually okay. like it's long overdue i gotta put it up there um but i might do a thing where like it's it's open to the public for a certain amount of days and then it's like patrons only for like after like a week or two or something okay. um yeah so if you're if you're listening to this check out transplaner rpg's patreon uh to see what what's out and what's not out quite yet because i've i've got all sorts of like cool homebrew things we have character playlists GM insights and notes, etc., all up the wazoo on uh, Transplaner's Patreon. So if any of this homebrew stuff I've been talking about has been interesting in any way, definitely check it out. Nice. All right, ASI. Ooh, ASI. The real question is, do I want an ASI or do I want a feat? That is the question. <sighs> that is Great the question. Great weapon master. It's just, it's sitting there. I know, I don't sit right there. Uh, you know what? Let's go with that one. Yeah. I know, I like can't not take it. <laughs> we can boost their ability scores next level. It's fine. Yeah. I know. We got this. I know, it'll happen later. Instead. They look real cool. I'm going to write that down. Great upper master. Note, beat instead of ASI. All right. Wait, just because we don't min max on the show doesn't mean I don't know how. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We just exactly. usually don't, but that doesn't mean I'm not capable exactly. of min-maxing. <laughs> what spells do they do they get? Sure. Uh, so the spells specifically for this subclass are special. Um, I it's like a mix of some cleric uh, slash warlock spells uh, and uh, third party blood magic spells okay. uh, from a source that I forget now, but I. We'll look up. Uh, but these has such cantrips as Told of the Dead, obviously, as has to be available. Uh, Bloodletting is also a cantrip. Uh, Life Thread is another. There are such spells uh, at first level called Bloodburn, Cruor Whip. At second level called, you know, Borrowed Knowledge, uh, Animate Blood. At third level, Animate Dead, of course. Um, Beacon of False Life, Maim, Speak with Dead, Spirit Shroud, Life Transference, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, nice. Wall of Bone is a fun one uh, that my Blood Hunter in the main campaign has been that using. That does sound pretty fun. It is a lot of fun. It's like Wall of Force, but a lot more marrow. <laughs> yeah. And if Stuff you don't like want to pick so spells on air, you can send us what spells you would pick for this character. Sure. It's up yeah, to you. Yeah, sounds fun to me. Also, I'm glad They definitely... That Oh, it's just insane. I'm glad that you gave them cantrips because I am very annoyed that Ranger and Paladin don't get cantrips, like, for free. Yeah. It's so dumb. Yeah, it's very <laughs> sad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I will see what I can rustle up in terms of a spell list because I know we poached spell lists from various other mm -hmm. third-party sources to make this work, um, so I have to hunt those down myself. But they're definitely, okay. you know, in terms of spells... Gonna be using like or just probably auxiliary and supportive ones. Yeah, 
You could also just pick some like that are PHP ones and or other sure. printed yeah, material the and then just be like, yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. Like maybe it's not ideally what you would pick for this character, but it's good enough to put out there so you don't have to track down a bunch of different yeah, sources. Yeah, totally. Depends totally, on how totally. much time you have, you know, we don't want to make you spend a ton of time on that. No, I mean, at seventh level, they know five spells. <laughs> so it's no Okay, deal. that's So yeah, many spells. <laughs> yeah. I guess, yeah, they're a half caster, so. Yep. A yep. little and less intense. They can only cast up to um, fifth level spells anyway. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, yep. Okay. Um, yes. Speaking of fifth level, uh, of the different kind, extra attack. That's nice. Always very nice. Always very um, Yes. Yes. And then the sixth level's brand of castigation, which is fun uh basically you can just i think always know where that a branded creature is and deal extra damage to them whenever it's, you it's like them. a hunter's mark yeah, yeah exactly a, a exactly better yeah, yeah 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 slightly superior hunter's mark definitely um <laughs> yep and then i think at seventh level is just the uh is the sanguine palette feature and that's yeah. pretty much it awesome nice well, I think that this is a fun character. Yeah, we still have to pick a oh, body type. Yeah, their body type and what is their name? Yeah, their and appearance and their out, name. Flesh out mm. their story a little bit yeah. more of like, how did they become a blood hunter? Yeah. Based, like they left home, that's where we left off. I got to think about this. Um, Name last, name and appearance last. Uh, okay. Backstory okay. first. <laughs> I think they left home with naught but their ancestral mall and the clothes yeah. on their back. They're sick of it. They're sick of it. They're like, I don't want to, this, I'm living in an Ouroboros. This is a snake eating its own tail. I have to get out. Um, mm-hmm. So they left, they left Talmud. And it would make sense for them to have run into a transplaner NPC called Vravi, uh, who is a, who was Oka's blood hunting mentor. Okay. Uh, and I think. She's like a very skilled blood hunter. I think they might have even found her at the Temple of Thismoon, which is a m- major pilgrimage location for various blood hunters and like sorcerers and hemomancers all across Endake, okay. uh, which is located in the Jadidan scrublands in the south of Talmud. So I think they would have gone toward that um, temple because they are a worshiper of Udabathi to look for direction because they're literally lost. Mm-hmm. They leave home. They don't know where to go. They're going to go to a temple. Um, and there they find Ravi. They get to talking. Uh, Ravi sees the huge maw, asks if they can fight. I think they were trained to fight, you know, uh, as like yeah. muscle growing up, right? But they're not yeah. like super good at it. You know, they're like a level one, right. you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah. Ravi saw the potential in them and started mentoring them and teaching them uh, blood okay. hunting magics and blood hunting tactics. Um, and I think that's around the same time they started to run into Mercy, uh, who introduced them to the idea of being a monster hunter. Okay. So I think they actually traveled with Mercy for a little bit, like in okay. her monster hunting crew. And you and know, then like maybe they, when they like they had a thing and then when they it had went a south, thing, it was weird. It went that's south. When, that's they when this left. person yep. left. Yeah. Yep. Yep. They left uh, to form their own group, and they're. Their name has to be related to the name of their crew. Because yeah. we've got the Hounds of Mercy, and we need the Blanks of Blank. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's what I'm thinking. Hounds. I kind of like wolves. Like, they're like, you know what's better than a hound? Hounds a and wolf. wolves. A wolf. More feral, I more deadly. I kind of like a feline. Okay, feline a feline also is good. Yeah. Yeah. It could be hilarious if it was something, like, super not cool. <laughs> like... 
uh, like the tigers of chaos, uh, because they're trying to one up Hounds of Mercy, but they can't. I thought you were going with like a ridiculous cat, like Ocelot. The tortoises of, Ocelot. of triumph. Terror. The tortoises of triumph and terror. Um, Ocelot is hilarious. Panther, jaguar, tiger, lion. Um, Bobcat, cougar. I'm just spitballing here. Bobcat. Cougar is funny because of the other meaning. (laughs) Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, I do Um, like that. Cougar, (laughs) mountain lion. Um, Now we're just playing the improv game where you name like as many animals as you can. (laughs) Is that a game or is that just is that like a road trip thing you do to pass the time? I think both. Anything, yeah. I kind of like. Tigers of Chaos. Tigers of Chaos. I love it. Because Tigers of Chaos, yeah. So they're the leader. So that would make their name Chaos. Okay. But yeah, it's spelled different. I think they go by K. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's spelled super different from Chaos. Um, I think they go by K. Okay. Probably. I like that. Or Oss. Oss is interesting. It's an interesting name to go by. Yeah. How is is their their Chaos name spelled? Or is the Tigers of Chaos spelled like normal Chaos? No, I think it's got to be their name. It's definitely their name, but Could how be I want to spell their name is K-A-Y-O-Z, chaos. I was thinking K-A-Y-O-Z. That's interesting. Or K-A-Y-O-S or chaos. K-A-I-O-S could mm-hmm. be another one. Mm-hmm. Kind of Greek. Or we could just keep it classic with chaos. You know what? Let's keep it classic. Let's keep it classic. Okay. They spell their name the way it sounds. Tigers of chaos. <laughs> chaos. I feel like that is this a moniker that they've given themselves, or is it a name that their parents called them? Like, were they named Hundred Percent Chaos? N- absolutely not. Okay. Uh, they were named something like super noble okay. and like flowery, you know, in the highest mode of address and like formal Talamadi. Yeah. Uh, Chaos is definitely a chosen name. My go-to um, is always Reginald. I don't know why, but <laughs> it's just like the most. Like, noble sounding name. Demimsy Poppington. The seventh. <laughs> Ooh. Yep, they're definitely um chaos. Either chaos or um hmm. Because Mercy I made a joke as Mercy in Arc five where she was talking about like being something the opposite of who she is. Uh so the opposite of mercy would be like vengeance, right? Yeah. Uh or retribution or something like that but Mm -hmm. i like chaos i think chaos makes sense i like how short and snappy it is yeah so chaos leader of the tiger of chaos our level seven blood hunter now in terms of appearance hmm i am absolutely gonna go with the tiefling um she is a massive like the size of a goliath like kind of like i think she's like seven foot um tiefling super burly i'm thinking she like used to have four horns coming out of her head, but two of them got snapped off. Uh, And she's got this, like, I think her skin is kind of, like, shot through with these, like, veins of red uh, down her body, uh, cracking through. I think she's got this almost, like, white marble-esque skin that has, like, veins of crimson and black and gold running through it. Uh, And I think that happened after she did her blood hunting Mm. ritual Mm -hmm. because i think canonically you like drink some sort of potion when you become a blood hunter to like be able to do your blood 
evil yeah. blood spells. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think when she she used to be just like a white marble statue, but when she drank it, all these cracks ran through her body. Because um, each color also corresponds to a different head of Yudabathi, which is the god of war that she venerates. Okay. Uh, so black for Siraksha, gold for Thristi, red for Vinash. Awesome. Okay. Wait, so are the veins all three colors or just red? All three colors. Okay, awesome. Is she medium size? Definitely, yeah. yeah I mean, she's not quite, she's not like medium. technically large yet. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of weird, but they Yeah. Are. It makes sense. Don't question it. And I'm guessing the speed we're going to pick is 30, or do you want to do 25? Like, they're really clumsy and slow. <laughs> 30 works. 30 okay. works. I think they definitely um, move, chug along, and hit like a freight train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they do. All right. Do you wanna do you wanna give like just a quick brief recap of chaos slash K? Yeah. K, let's do it. So Chaos is the leader of the Tigers of Chaos. And I think when you look at her, she is this massive, imposing tiefling. She has used to have four horns sticking out of her head, but two of them have been snapped off in probably her fight with Mercy, uh, her breakup <laughs> fight with Mercy. Um, she's dressed in, I think, like leather, studded leather armor over like this white marble-esque skin shot through with veins of gold, red, and black, uh, like ore, precious ores running through rock. And when you look at her face, there's always this kind of like confident asshole-like grin. <laughs> and she carries this massive studded ancient looking mall on her back like it does not look like it's from this time looks centuries old but it's like very well kept like it's probably more polished than she is Uh, and there's definitely like spikes attached to like the one head of this huge massive steel mall and like another like just a single large spike coming off of the other end Uh, and chaos sort of like carries herself like like a wound Like, she knows she's out here to hurt people and to be hurt, and she's not scared of either of those things. She is a level 7 blood hunter. Uh, She technically has a bite attack, so I think when she smiles, you see these really sharp teeth that you're pretty sure she filed down to points herself. (laughs) Um, And she's, I think... When she uses magic, like this kind of like the cracks in her skin glow depending on the kind of spell she's casting. So if it's a defensive spell, the black cracks glow. If it's like an offensive spell, the uh, red cracks glow. And if it's kind of like a spell that doesn't fit in either direction or it's a spell where she's like really pushing herself to the limit, the gold veins glow. Um, And sometimes they all glow at once when she uses the Blessing of the Raven Queen uh, to teleport (laughs) as a bonus action to just sort of, they all like explode outward like prismatic crevices cutting through a rainbow and she'll disappear from where she is and reappear someone else. Um, Hunter's instincts. Yeah, I mean, that just makes sense. She's (laughs) trained as, you know, a blood hunter. She's honed her instincts. She's got proficiency in perception. And technically, she could breathe air and water. Yeah. So I think uh, it'd be really cool if she had these like slashed gills on either side of her neck as well, um, that just sort of like flare when she talks, and she looks very at home in the water as well. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we look, kind of what we see when we look yeah, at her. You try to run from Kay and like dive in the water, thinking I'll get away, and then. <laughs> They're they, like a shark. Yeah, she just dives right in, right after you. She'll like, dive nope. in and cut through the water. Yeah, like the maw doesn't weigh her down yep. at all. She can breathe. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Also, it would be funny. That's gay. If you next time that the players see Mercy, if Mercy just has a like tiefling horn 
like strung through her belt or something <laughs> and then you just don't even like say anything about why or like you know see what they do <laughs> mm, hilarious it'll be a little easter that egg for anyone that listens to this episode Oh, definitely. I'll definitely describe Mercy like digging through her pack, frantically trying to find something. Because we're the recording that we're in, we're like basically doing a mini boss fight before the big boss fight for the entire campaign. Mm-hmm. So she, everyone's really frantic and panicked. So I'm definitely gonna have a moment where Mercy's like digging through her pack and like she throws like a uh, a. Uh, uh, tent poles out javelins out a tiefling horn and then like yeah. a packet of dust of gold you know and it's yeah, not gonna yeah. go through <laughs> amazing incredible i love it yeah all right i'm gonna have to listen for that i know that i have to wait because you're we're not you know to so where long this will be, but... we're gonna have to wait so long yeah <laughs> Ten thousand. it'll be worth years. it yep it's all worth it yeah yeah all right well thank you so much for coming on our show it has been an absolute blast getting to talk to you again and making making k i have one last question anything else you want to plug and where can people find you mm. oh yeah absolutely just again i'm gonna plug transplanter rpg yeah. once more i rooted the entire building of this character around the world of andake uh, which is the dark fantasy setting of the second stranger which is the name of transplanter rpg's first main campaign it is a DD show set in an, a completely original homebrew uh, non-colonial anti-orientalist world that uses very similar, I think, character building uh, D&D 5th edition mechanics as um, Quinn and Alex use on their wonderful show. So definitely check out Transplaner RPG. We stream Saturdays at 8 p.m. U.S. Eastern time on Twitch at Transplaner RPG. Uh, you can also find me all across the internet, namely Twitter and TikTok and Itch and Ko-Fi at by Connie Chong. That's B-Y-C-O-N-N-I-E-C-H-A-N-G. Like I said in the very beginning, I am an actual play game master and performer. I'm also a TT rpg designer um editor writer a as well as a narrative designer for video games so hit me up if you're interested in any of those things if you want to talk uh monsters if you want to talk uh diasporic queer feelings i'm always writing about these things and creating art around them so uh thanks so much for having me on again i'm gonna pass things right back to the lovely hosts of this show yeah thanks again for coming it was a lot of fun yes you can find more information about our show at a couple of characters podcast.com. Have ideas or feedback or need help creating your next character? Email us at a couple of characters pod at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ACOC Podcast. We'd like to thank John Began for composing our theme music. If you like what we're doing, please rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, five star reviews will really help out our show. You can also tell a friend about our show and tell a friend about Transplaner RPG. Yes. Another way to support us is by becoming a Patreon donor. Just search a COC podcast. You can support us by going to bookshop.org slash shop slash podcast. Any purchase that you make there will help out our show. And independent bookstores. Woo! Yep. And if you want to pick up audiobooks, you can use our Libro.fm affiliate code to get a free audiobook when you purchase an audiobook subscription. And again, the purchases support us, our show, and independent bookstores. If you like actual plays and Pokemon, you might want to check out Dungeons and Dragon Types, where Quinn plays the character Willow that we made on our show. Yes. You can find me on Twitter at Alex N. Winterland. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Not a Dr. Quinn. Thanks for listening. Keep on rolling. Boom.
You good? Except that I was like kind of holding my breath for some reason. <laughs> okay. You can be somber without being boring. Nope, nope, nope. We have the loudest cat in the world, if you can't tell. I feel that. No, I feel that. My cat is also very annoying at the worst moments. <laughs> yes, hello, Tiberi. Yes, yes, hello. All right, come on. Lay down. Oh, hello, oh, kitty. Say hi. Hello. Oh, look at him. He's he very cute. He can't hear you, but maybe. He can't he hear can. you, but he knows that you're sending your love across the internet to mm. him. Good, good. He can maybe hear. I don't know how good cat's hearing is. Maybe he can hear maybe through he our can headphones. Hear. I do tend to speak softly and or mumble and or both. Yeah. <laughs> Quinn didn't share the outline with me, so I'm flying as blind as you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. Actually, a list of... Can't hear you. Oh, no. Testing, testing. Hello. Can you hear me? I hear nothing. 